Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttoneers. Starting with something a little different, we're going to jump right into the cooking to start this time as we are doing some soup. Hi, Becca. Hi, Gretchen. Hello. How's it going? Let's jump into it, Gluttoneers. We are action-packed today. We're making soup and miso grilled cheese sandwiches, and we got to get our soup going. So we're going to be making this in a Dutch oven. We're going to start with one chopped onion. We're going to get our pans going, really. That's our first step. To what temperature? Medium-high heat. heat. Medium-high. Thank you. Going to put a little... I'm using grapeseed oil, but you could use butter. You could use olive oil. So in go the onion. As soon as it starts to warm up a little bit, I just turned my pan on. (laughs) Okay. Me too. And then it's fine. Some onions in. All right. Mine are now in. So go with it. All right. Let's just do it. This is not anywhere near a fatal mistake. I'm sure some culinary teacher of they're already dead is rolling in their grave whatever <laughs> culinary teacher was teaching me about sauteing <laughs> but in this application it's not like we're really looking to get browning on it we're not worried about texture either so there's no concern about if you heat it too slow if you heat it too fast blah 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 because you're just looking, looking to stew and once these cook down a bit I'm going to add three pressed cloves of garlic. So if I'm just throwing something together on a Wednesday afternoon after work, this is how I'm doing it. I'm not going to look at a recipe usually, but that's (laughs) just me. Got a little action going on in my pan now. Warmed up all right. Same. I got some sizzle happening. So I'm getting some nice fragrance over here and they're starting to soften up a little bit. So I'm going to put my garlic in as well. So I'm starting to see a little bit of browning in here. And I'm going to throw in my tomatoes. Oh, I forgot oregano. Oh, I haven't forgotten it yet. Or did you just mean in general? I thought you said you put it in with the onions and garlic. Oh, no, no. Oh, uh, okay. if I said it like that, then I, that, I mean, you can, but not, not always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I add it now? My tomatoes are in. I was just about to measure mine out. So yes. Oh, okay. One teaspoon. That looks like enough. Oh, and I'm going to turn my heat down because it is going quite well. And I don't know if I'm even going to need to add any veggie broth to mine. Mine's quite brothy. Okay. What are your thoughts? I think I'm going to add just a little bit. I did the diced tomatoes, so it's kind of, there's it's definitely more... enough liquid, but there's a lot of tomatoes. Yeah. I'm worried it'll taste like the pasta sauce we had last night if I don't add some vegetables <laughs> It'll taste like the pasta. Oh, right. Well, and we did decide we were going to add maybe creamy things at the end, didn't we? Yes. So that will change it too. I might immersion blend mine just a little bit. Okay. At the end. Maybe I'll, to... maybe I'll do like half a mine or something in the blender. Oh, there you go. Do one, one bl- blend one batch. That way you're not having to do a whole lot of work. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I've turned my heat down considerably and I am going to just pop a lid on here. All the way covered? Yeah. Since we're making a soup, we're not looking for volume reduction, so we want a lid. 
Got it. Okay. So it's going down. Easy peasy. It's not hard. No, it's not hard. And we'll catch everyone up to what just happened and what we used and all of that in a minute. We had to get going. Yes. Exact amounts, et cetera. So we're settled. Our soup is going. Tell me what you're smoking. I've been smoking a little bit of Spacewalk from the company is High Rise. So this is a CBD blend. It's got 14.9% THC and 7.02% CBD. You know how I've been enjoying that nice balance of the two of late. Didn't find any terpene information, so we're on our own. But it's it's very nice. I do like this one. And I do enjoy the fact that it's called Spacewalk. That's probably my favorite part. <laughs> it is hard when there's no terpene profile because... I need to do a better job of writing down how I'm responding to them, but I really want to understand more about terpenes still and how my body responds to them. But I am enjoying a Shango. I mentioned Shango the other week, and this is the duct tape. It's 26% THC, some lemonine, some beta caryophylline and myrcene. I'm enjoying it. I'm feeling a little like amped, but I don't know if that's the weed or life, but you know, something's going on, but it's not unpleasant. According, according to Leafly, the main, the dominant terpene in mine is myrcene. Okay. Thanks Leafly. Wish there was more info, but that's fine. We'll take what we can get. It actually says it's supposed to be 10% CBD, 8% THC, but every, every batch is a little different. So hard to say. Well, what are we drinking? So I'm having some brighter Sangiovese as a tomato-based food. Italian wines generally do fairly well. And this is a California Sangiovese from brighter estates. Hello, Taryn out there. (laughs) (laughs) My former employer. So I've had quite a bit of this. It's been in a, a good spot for the last like six months or so. So been trying to drink as much of it as we can. (laughs) I've enjoyed some delicious brighter over the years. Mm -hmm. So good. I didn't have any Sangiovese or Chianti, which I learned are the same thing, right? Yes. I didn't know that. Hey, that place we worked should have taught you better. Well, that's when I... That's when I learned it, but I didn't know that forever. So if you also don't know that, the Chianti grape and the Sangiovese grape are the same thing. Yes. Chianti is a region in Italy. So in order to be a Chianti, it has to come from the region in Italy. It's like champagne. Precisely. Okay. Gretchen has a Sangiovese and I have Sangiovese and I have a Chianti. I had to go to Smith's for mine. So I just grabbed like the nicest one they had, which was Rufino and it's fine. It has 14.5% alcohol though. And I haven't had that high of a sugar wine, like an alcohol in a long time. So maybe that's what's going on too with my ampiness. (laughs) Possible. (laughs) Sugar. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh Oh, (laughs) you are amped. Oh, uh oh. Well, weird. I'm usually the one that's kind of like all over the place, but (laughs) apparently today it's Becca. (laughs) Here we go. Should we talk about ingredients 
and the recipe and everything. And then you can talk about sourdough. Spoiler alert, Gretchen's going to talk about sourdough. I'm very excited. (laughs) But when should we talk about it? That is a good question. Because as far as a part of this, as far as being part of this episode, it's a a fairly minor part of it. But since we've covered cheese, and it's a grilled cheese on sourdough. So that's why we chose sourdough. And it's just a huge, huge topic. We have kind of touched on it before. Let's talk about it then. Just talk, jump into it now. And then we'll just talk about what we're making. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear. I can't wait anymore. And I did call this Poogles, but most of this information actually comes from Wikipedia and then two different podcasts that I listened to today. One from our friends over at, our friends that don't know what they're our friends over at (laughs) Saber from back when the podcast was actually called Food Stuff, which I like so much more as a title. They had a whole episode about sourdough, which was very interesting. And then I also listened to the gastropod. And the funny thing is, is they both talked about kind of the same thing, but the gastropod was completely focused on this world trials of sourdough. Sorry, I'm kind of going to jumping into the middle a little bit here, but they both covered this world sourdough testing. Saver just sort of briefly touched it and wanted to go to said thing that the gastropod actually got to experience. Really unfair. They were trying to answer some lifelong questions about the microbes and why sourdough starters are different everywhere. Gretchen said kugels and it's two pages of kugels. So we're going to get a lot of info that she's very excited to share. I'm settling in for this sourdough journey. It did end up being a bit more technical than I was expecting to go. I mean, the history of sourdough is pretty long and pretty sure it was discovered by mistake. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Kind of like beer and everything else fermented. I'm sure it just happened by mistake. Somebody left something somewhere for a little too long without paying attention and they came back and they're like, oh, it isn't shit. Yay. And I feel different. The advantage of this is that the quality of the bread that used a slightly fermented dough was better just because it would lend a little bit of aeration and flavor. They think it sort of originated as something along the lines of like the injera that we made before. That was definitely it came up a lot with the sourdough. <laughs> It's like everybody was talking about how injera was kind of probably the root food. But again, it was probably something that happened so widely that it's hard to give credit to one culture for fermenting bread. The origins have been successfully traced back to 5,000 years ago. They're pretty sure that aren't any surviving evidence of it happening before that, but they're pretty sure it probably was. (laughs) Right. It's like, just because it got written down that time doesn't mean it's the first time that right going on. You should assume that that is actually (laughs) quite far into the history of said thing before it starts coming up in writing. Right, before a white guy wrote it down. Yeah. (laughs) It's been around for a long time. Maybe an accident, maybe not. We'll never know. And real quick, when you say aeration, just for people who may not be like so familiar with that word, do you just mean like, leavening lighter like fluffier like it puts air into it aeration I mean very basically the technical definition of aeration is to add air it's just this great byproduct of what's already happening with Mm -hmm. the 
fermentation process. Right. So it makes this dough even better. Yes. Because you're adding flavors. And one of the really interesting things they were talking about in the gastropod is that you like get different flavors depending on where the starter comes from. So they were talking about like some starters that came from China that are like almost meaty smelling, like really intense, deeply meaty. And like other ones that smelled like creamy and other ones that smelled like really buttery because the lactic acid that was in it had like gotten to the, like that level of intensity. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of worth a listen just because of the whole subject is fascinating. And the people involved are so excited about this whole like sourdough trial that they're doing. So let, let me break it down for what they're, they're, what's happening. It's, it's a scientific study. And so these scientists that are based out of North Carolina, I think, got together with this guy that has this collection of starters. He's also studying sourdough starters over in Belgium. And they decided to do kind of a world cup of sourdough. So they got all these chefs from around the world so that they could like really nail down like what makes sourdough sourdough. So this is what I'm going to kind of talk about more than anything else was is that I didn't realize there would be such depth or width of like experiences you could have with sourdough. There'd be a little flavor variation, but they're like talking about like some that smell mushroomy. <laughs> what? Yeah. I had no idea. Well, and I'd always heard that the San Francisco sourdough is like a very unique one, even amongst the other unique areas. It's not. You're no. shaking your head. Apparently it's not. not. How it's, funny. So good the, job. The, good marketing, Boudin. <laughs> yeah, good marketing. It definitely has its own thing. But the actual bacteria that they named after San Francisco that they thought was particular to San Francisco is, hang on. This might get a little messy, so you may have to help me translate here. So put put your translation hat on, Becca. Come on. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Prepare yourself. It was first found here, but it's found all over. The, that particular bacteria is actually found all over the world. And right. so that's what they were doing with this, like, as I keep calling it, the World Cup of Sourdough, which I think <laughs> is what they actually called it. What they did is they sent them flour. They tested the flour. Then they sent it to the, where those people live then had those people make a sourdough starter where they live and bring that with them to Belgium to do this World Cup of sourdough. They all got there and they fed, all fed their starter. And like all of them smelled really different, even from the get-go. They tested the microbiome on the baker's hands and they all had unique microbiomes. But people that make bread and make sourdough bread actually have like a colony of that particular microbot, that microbe living on their skin. What? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> that. I don't like that. That is so weird to me. It's, oh my God, I don't like that. <laughs> I feel weird. I feel so weird. I don't want to touch anything. Okay, Becca, you do realize you're covered in bacteria all the time. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think about it. Ew. It's all interesting, but I don't want to think about colonies of things living on my hands. <laughs> I know they won't live on my hands. I'm never going to make enough sourdough, but it's in addition to the normal bacteria. It's just a specific type that they have more plentifully than other types of bacteria on their hands. 
it sounds really weird to say like they have a colony, but that's the only way I can phrase it. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know the proper terminology for it. I just found that really interesting is they like all these people had this same bacteria on their hands because they like how did like DNA trace all these things, these microbes so that like they know where they come from. Like this is like an elaborate scientific research study into what makes sourdough sourdough. Like and it's just like pretty amazing. I didn't pursue finding out what the exact conclusions were, but those were just some of the early things that came up. Well, it makes me wonder though, I know sourdough is unique, but is there anything else that's studied like this? Like if you made goat cheese all the time, would you have a different type of bacteria? I I bet people that make like cheese and use like certain types of cheese microbes definitely might have like a small colony of those living in their skin. Like it Mm -hmm. it just really depends on what you come contact with. Interesting. So what bacteria is on keyboards? (laughs) Oh dear. I know. Let's not get into that. I was just thinking, what's the thing I come in, my hands come in contact with the most? (laughs) So they actually discovered, they had thought that yes, some sourdough micro I'm going to call it a microbiome because I don't really know how to put it any other way again not a scientist but they did discover that most of the the cultures had at least a combination of about a dozen or so different bacteria and yeasts and fungi that made them unique so like they were thinking that there would be some that were more simple some that were more complex but they found that they were all roughly about a dozen or so different mixtures of microbes that produced these results at least that was my interpretation of what they said. Well, that that's as close as I'm going to get to understanding it. That works for me. I could also tell you about how sourdough was used a lot during history. Like it was one of the more mainstream methods of leavening bread versus buying yeast. And it was only when yeast became commercially available that it like kind of killed off sourdough for a while. But it is always kind of been a counterculture type of thing that people did ever since, like, especially since commercial yeast became available because it's a pain in the ass to keep a starter alive. And that's kind of like your number one thing about making sourdough is you have to keep a sour, your starter alive. And it's hard, but she's yeah. made by yeast. <laughs> I don't want to jump in and interrupt, but I've never made sourdough. I'm sure there are other people who haven't. Could you tell me like start? To finish, how do you do it? How, how do you make sourdough bread? How yeah. do you make a sourdough starter? I mean, the, the sourdough starter is like the main different part of it. The way you start a sourdough starter, you can buy yeast and like inoculate it or like buy starters online. That is a thing. But you can make your own just by mixing some flour and water together. And if you want to add a little sugar in there to encourage the yeasts and the, the different microbes in there to go, then... You can add a little sugar, but they'll eat the flour as their main thing that they're going to eat because it's carbohydrates. So what you need to start a sourdough culture is water and flour and just put it together and let it sit and ferment. It's kind of like when we made ginger beer. Okay. You, You put it in a bowl, you cover it, you leave it in room temperature. Where do you, how do you do it? Yes. Yeah. You cover it. All that. Yeah. You cover it and you leave it at room temperature. So you can keep it in the fridge or at room temperature. Historically, it was always kept at room temperature, which is harder to keep it alive and why people stopped doing it. But you had to feed it every day. So you have to give it a little flour, a little water, and then you 
pull out a portion of the existing dough. And historically, you'd be using it every day to make bread. So you'd pull out a portion, make bread every day. But now we're just, we don't make bread every day. So you would still have to pull out that portion in order to refresh that starter. So that's your main thing is you got to get your, your microbe colony going. Okay. How much flour and water do you start with? Well, it depends, but the standard is about half and half. Okay. So one, one cup of flour, one cup of water. And so you have to take out how, like, okay, you, let's say you did one cup water, one cup flour. You have to mix that up. Mm-hmm. You put it in a glass bowl. You put it in your counter and you cover it. Yeah. Seal it or just a towel is fine. I think most people probably have them in a sealed jar, You ha- but you do have to make sure because it is producing carbon dioxide that you're opening it at least once a day to release your carbon dioxide. <laughs> Explosions. Otherwise explosions. Okay. When you go to make bread, you'll pull out probably half of your starter. So you'll be down by half and you'll add more bread ingredients to that. So we made, what have we made? We've made focaccia, right? We made focaccia. We made injera. We made naan. We made... So the focaccia is probably the closest thing. We haven't done like a real loaf loaf bread. But usually you'll need at least like a half cup to a cup of starter per batch is what I think the rough ratio is to get a decent loaf of bread. Did you ever have to do that stupid Amish friendship bread when you were a kid? No. You don't I know what that is? The desert. They didn't yeah. do sourdough <laughs> bread? No. Oh, this was definitely a thing. We got a few of these when I was a kid that where somebody will like basically give you a starter and then you're supposed to like feed it and then give it to other people. And then you make the bread as a result of this like friendship bread stuff. Oh my God. Like like a chain letter. It's like a chain letter, <laughs> but with bread dough. Oh my God, a bread letter. Sourdough has a long and wide history. It's been in a lot of places for a long time. And because of that, and because of the very unique process and method that it takes to make this bread, there's like all these intricacies around it that maybe aren't the same in all other breads. Like a white loaf bread is a white fucking loaf bread, but sourdough is its own universe of bread. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very good. Yes. That is a very succinct way of putting what all of I just said. All of the bullshit I just said. It's a very simple thing, but it opens up a whole universe of shifts. I could go on, but I feel like we're losing the thread and maybe I just want to get on with the cooking part of this. I'm like, okay. I need, I don't, I don't want to keep talking. We have a lot of respect now for sourdough. I actually used to hate sourdough. My, my taste buds are, oh my God. Okay. You were also saying the same thing about radishes last time. Who are we? Oh, we are different people. We're in our thirties. That's who we are. No, late (laughs) thirties. Totally awesome appreciation for sourdough. That's like Gretchen said, a minor component of what we're doing today, but also nothing's really the star. Maybe miso butter. I'm not sure. So miso butter is definitely the star for me, but... Okay. But nothing's going to compete with each other or like outshine, I think. Right. It it is definitely a composition piece as far as. (laughs) 
a composition piece. So we're making up our soup recipe. Gretchen did find this recipe for miso butter grilled cheese a long time ago, and we are finally ready to make it. And it's from Half Baked Harvest. So for our sandwich, we are using four tablespoons of unsalted butter, one tablespoon of white miso, one garlic clove pressed, one quarter cup of chopped fresh herbs. They mentioned basil and cilantro in particular. I'm using both of those and some dill. What, do you, what are your herbs, Gretchen? Cilantro and basil. And then one jalapeno chopped and seeded if desired. Gretchen's not doing jalapeno. I am. Black pepper. So that's all for the butter. And Gretchen told me this is a compound butter. It's at room temperature. You just mix the ingredients together. You don't melt or do anything else. So nope. And then for the sandwich, the recipe we had said six slices of sourdough bread. We find it unusual to make three sandwiches out of this. I'm making two. Gretchen's probably going to make two at some point. One for now. One for now. Yeah. Yeah. Another later. I'll probably make two more later. And then one cup of shredded Gouda, one cup of Monterey Jack shredded, and then hot honey, which I thought was just heated up honey, but Gretchen said it's like spicy honey. So hot sauce, or I might do red pepper flakes. Yep. That's perfectly acceptable. It is literally just your chill. I think chili of choice and honey. So hot honey, hot honey. And then what we have used for the soup so far is Two 28-ounce cans of tomatoes. Mine were diced. Gretchen were whole peeled, so she had to chop those up a little. And then we, I did add some veggie stock. Gretchen did not. Three cloves of pressed garlic, one chopped onion. I took a page from the Marcella playbook and only diced like half my onion and mm-hmm. then put the whole other half in so I could take that out mm-hmm. later. Thank you. Thank you. Salt, pepper, and then additional flavor options are miso, oregano, parsley, basil. We did put some dried oregano in already. Yes. We did one one teaspoon dried oregano. Everybody heard we already got our soup going. So Gretchen, what are we going to do from here? So our next step is going to be to make our compound butter. So we're just going to put the four tablespoons of unsalted butter with our one tablespoon of white miso, a clove of garlic, one quarter cup fresh herbs. And Becca then is adding her jalapeno. I am not adding the jalapeno and black pepper. And we'll just stir that up and then let it sit. We'll get a pan hot or start getting a pan hot. And we have to then spread that butter onto a piece of bread, put the cheese in the middle, spread another piece of bread with the butter on the inside. The fancy butter goes on the inside and then those get fried in oil or butter of your choice. Mm. So butter, cheese, butter. Okay. Bread, butter, cheese, butter, bread. Bread. Yes. Ah, Okay. And we didn't really use anything besides the garlic press for this so far. Now I might use, yeah, immersion blender just to my soup because I've got whole tomatoes, but I also may just stab at it with a spoon. We'll see what I feel like doing. (laughs) Right. What will be your energy level by the time we complete this? We have 15 minutes. Oh, we might miss a little bit on this, but we'll blame that on my needing to talk about sourdough for way longer than I should have been talking about sourdough. Your sourdough enthusiasm. My, my 
enthusiasm for talking about microbes. <laughs> Let's make some butter. <laughs> Let's make some butter. So I have got my butter and my miso and my garlic all in here already. Okay. Going to grab a fork. I am throwing in my herbs. I got my basil and my cilantro, aka coriander. Smells good. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I want to eat everything right now. Get my pan going here. What heat? High ish? I'm going to do medium. It's just like I'm on a six. I'm between six and seven. On your big burner, though, or your. Yes, my big burner, because I'm using a smaller burner for my soup. So I'm going to do a higher heat then. We learned this last time. Yeah. (laughs) Small burners, not up to Gretchen's big burner stuff. I'm going to pour some more wine already. How does your soup look? Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is quite brothy, though. So I'm glad I didn't decide to put any, since I'm going to add the evaporated milk later. Oh, that's what we were. We talked about adding a a dairy or something else to this at the end. Do you think sour cream would be weird with the miso? I can't foresee any reason why that would clash. Yeah, I'll get some sour cream and some miso out and try it. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> Way to help. Oh, you're welcome. Because now I'm just curious. So I'm waiting on this pan to heat up. Did you add butter? Or are you waiting first to heat up before you even add butter? I'm giving it a second to heat up. Actually, I might not be able to do this because my sour cream looks scary. I, it's like, how old is my sour cream? <laughs> alert uh, well sorry i can't try it okay i guess i'll try it yeah why not do i like it <laughs> yeah you're the one that's gonna have to eat it right what's going that on makes, here that makes more sense <laughs> i'm gonna try it and tell you if it's okay <laughs> and then i'll just do it got it yeah i'm gonna put my butter in to the pan okay probably might as well get going yeah looks like we'll be hot enough just a second so i'm grabbing my two pieces of bread Okay. I'm going to do now, taking my a good thing of miso butter and spreading it over. Okay. Both sides, both insides. Both insides. Yes. Um, miso and sour cream is really good together. Is it? I, I, well, that's why I, that bit that I had was delicious. Okay. As I said, <laughs> don't really you see would. how it could be bad. Yeah. You called it. Feels like I'm doing about a tablespoon of the miso butter on here. I'm going to assemble right into my pan here. So I got my bread that's spread on the inside with the miso, that miso side face up. I'm going to put my cheese in, trying to be careful about not getting it into everywhere in the pan. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my other piece of bread on top. Okay. What's the deal with like squishing down your grilled cheese? Oh, I just did it. What, like you with your hand? Like some yeah. people like press, press, right? Some people press, press. I just like, kind of push it together a little bit. What does the press pressing do? kind of compress like Squish might make your cheese stick a little bit firmer to the bread mm, let's see i mean because like the reason for doing the grated cheese is so that your cheese distribution on the bread is pretty even because like if you slice you can do slices it's really hard to get slices that are like exactly the right size for your bread and sure. then it's like sometimes hard to get them to melt so sure like, and imbuing a little bit of aeration space inside the cheese also helps with the melting aeration aeration very important i'm gonna flip mine over because i'm worried it's gonna oh beautiful perfectly beautiful golden brown beautiful okay i need to turn my heat up (laughs) and add a little extra butter in my pan because my my other side is not getting as nice 
color because the other bread soaked up all the butter. Oh, yeah. Even out that butter distribution. So are you going to add anything that's like any dairy to your soup now then since we'll be done? Oh, yeah. Why not? I've got my little bit of hot and spicy oregano I bought in from the yard. So I'm going to add here, making sure my evaporated milk is still good. Need to go ruining all this good work. And go see expired stuff. Woo! Yeah, trying not to give anybody food poisoning right now. Yeah, <laughs> a good idea. I mean, in general, it's probably a good plan. In general, something to stick to. I'm gonna. I flip my sandwich over again. Yeah, because and I'm glad I did because this other side is looking quite toasty. Need more salt in my soup. Not at all salted. Enough. Not at all salted. Okay, I flipped mine back over again too. I think it'll probably be done soonish. Yeah, I'm thinking mine's I'm pretty much done. Just okay. gonna give it a second on that side, but I'm about to grab okay. a plate. Okay, go time. To go any further than that. Sandwich accomplished. Okay, you're done. It's out. I'm done. Now I just have to finish out my soup. I've added a fair amount of salt. Not sure Perfect. if I've put any pepper in yet. Okay, I'm gonna pull my sandwich. And throw in some of this butter. <laughs> oh, into the soup. That's a great idea. All right, sandwich is out. Sour cream is in. Ooh. Yeah, cut the sucker in half. Certainly looks pretty. Throw a little crystal hot sauce in there just for funsies. Mm. Let's see if I've added enough salt now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's delicious. I like the hot sauce add and I like the sour cream. How's your evaporated milk? It's good. It's nice because it's added a light creaminess to it, but not like a heavy cream. I think I am going to blend all of it. Maybe <laughs> it's very chunky, but it tastes so good. Uh, I'll have to get you an immersion blender one of these days mm-hmm. since it would be very, very handy in this situation. <laughs> I know. That's good. All right. Have you tasted them together yet? Not yet. Should we do it? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, it's super ooey gooey, melty, cheesy blend, like stretched all the way apart. <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> mm. That is so hot and so good. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm. Oh yeah. Wow. Maybe I like the chunk. Of the soup. Because you get can like pick up a whole piece. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's nice to have that big bite of tomato with the sandwich. The sandwich is so good. Mm. <laughs> wow. I got this situation going on. The full-on cheese stretch. Exactly. Holy shit. Wow. Everything's so like hot, temperature hot, and I cannot slow down eating. I just keep like airing mm. my mouth down. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I guess we like it. I think so. Do we say world level? Well, we might as well just say it now. I mean, what? what, One? Yeah, I would say a world level one. None of this is particularly hard. Mm -mm. And it's another one you can really make your own. Oh, man. Wow. Well, we'll try to get the recipe up on the website. (laughs) We are obviously very busy with our food now. So I'm not sure we're capable of much more talking. Nope. I'm going to eat the rest of the sandwich in Mm -hmm. no time flat. Mm -hmm. Like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. We're happy to see all the new listeners. We're very excited. So exciting. uh, Yeah, get the fuck out of here. We got to eat this soup. Go home. Girl juice, bye. Starving. Bye. Off we go. Off we go. Clap, 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 clap.